are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you heading into the weekend. Got to go over a couple things that I didn't go over yesterday that I just completely blanked on. We're going to talk about today's holiday, yesterday's holiday, I guess. Should be a holiday. We're going to talk more about Survivor and the challenge, and we've got some Taylor Swift news along with what I'm going to start with, and that's Bachelor in Paradise. And we will get to that momentarily. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As you know, this podcast is brought to you by Coming Out for Love today, the re-release of episode number one on comingoutforlove.com. Go to bundles in the top right-hand corner, choose whatever bundle you'd like, and at checkout, type in promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. I hope you all listen to Jessica Clark, the host of the show on yesterday's podcast. Just an absolute icon, even though she doesn't want to be called an icon. I just was enamored talking to her and you watch her on the show and she just exudes this women empowerment and this confidence that as I said to her on the podcast all eyes on her so I really hope you guys take the time I know it is costing you money to watch this show but if you really break it down, it's 16 episodes. The smallest bundle is 20 bucks. It's a little over $1 an episode. And starting today, re-release of episode one, and then every Friday for the next 15 weeks after this will be a new episode released on comingoutforlove.com. You can watch it whenever you want. Like I said, click on what bundle you want, and then go to checkout. And on checkout, your promo code is REALITYSTEVE. That'll get you 15% off your order. All right, let's get started. And it's not like anything is confirmed, but there's been a lot of talk and a lot of rumors and innuendo out there regarding Bachelor in Paradise and who's going to go down there and whatnot, because a lot of people have been talking about it. Clayton was on the Clickbait podcast yesterday and made it known that he has some interest in Jess. Jess seems interesting to him, along with somebody else who made it pretty far on the show. Gabby went on Caitlin's podcast and was asked if she would do Bachelor in Paradise. And she said she would do it, but just to go hang out with her friends and she would never get engaged again on the show because of what happened to her and her 
relationship with Eric, even though she didn't mention Eric by name. She just said she wouldn't feel comfortable getting engaged on that show, and she kind of would just want to go to hang out with her friends. And what we know is Bachelor in Paradise has turned into kind of a FOMO thing. There are a lot of people that claim they don't want to go on or say, well, I don't know. We'll have to see. Trust me, pretty much all of them want to go on. It's just a matter of being asked. Now, last year, we remember, was the most they'd ever had that showed up down in Mexico during the course of a season. I believe it was 43 or 44 showed up at some point. And a lot of that had to do with the Casa Amor twist. That kind of added more people. That added 10 in the middle of the show, which you wouldn't normally get. And people have been saying for years, like, this is a show that kind of needs to change its format because it really makes no sense to arrive after rose ceremony number four or five. You have no chance of being in any sort of relationship. Everyone's already coupled up at that point. It's kind of a joke. And yet they've still done the same thing for eight seasons. So I don't know what their plan is, if they are going to change it up, if the format's going to remain the same. But we know the show is made in casting, and there are a lot, a lot of sought-after contestants, especially since Zach's women are blowing the socks off of a lot of the men already on this season. I have heard about people already setting up their Bachelor in Paradise quote-unquote relationships and who's been talking to who and who's already flirting with who. And it's just, as we get closer, I will fill you in on, on things that I've heard in that regard. And, you know, you can complain about it, but this is what the show is. And I know a lot of people say, oh, my God, Bachelor in Paradise, love that show, can't wait for that. The regular show is kind of boring. But then Bachelor in Paradise, like last season, gives you 16 episodes and halfway through, all you got to do go do is go back and look at the comments last year. We weren't even halfway through the season. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we have 16 episodes of this. It's so much. There's too many people. Like, preseason, everybody loves Bachelor in Paradise. And then it's airing, and people are like, oh, my gosh, this is so much. So much drama. The dates suck. But people are going to go on it. And it's going to be... A, um, I'm not saying it's their most watched show because it certainly isn't, but you know there is a lot of talk of people who made it very, very far. For the longest time, we never had a lead go on this show until last season, and that was Becca Kufrin, right? Wasn't she the first lead to ever go down to paradise? Now you got people talking about Gabby going and Rachel going and Clayton going. What you, what you have to keep in mind is it's never a done deal until they're actually there because there's going to be a lot of talk about things. And let's face it, if Rachel, for whatever reason, doesn't go, then Gabby's probably out. So that automatically eliminates two that you think are going down there. I don't know if Clayton is going. Susie was on an interview, and she said she had interest but she has a wedding that she has to shoot for because, you know, she's a videographer. She has a wedding she has to shoot for that's right in the middle of filming. So either she goes in the beginning and then leaves, but then that's already pre-planned, so why even get excited about anything that could possibly happen to her down there? And then she wouldn't go on after her videographer job that she has to do because then she's showing up after rose ceremony number four or five, and we know those people are basically just dead in the water. They're not. Nothing's going to happen with them. So we don't even know if Susie's going. 
there's just a lot. What we do know is Zach's top five women outside of Katie, who he's with, are all very, very sought after already. You've got Gabby. You've got Jess. You've got Ariel. You've got uh, Kat. That's four. Who am I forgetting? I'm, for, I'm forgetting somebody. But, oh, well, Charity was finished fourth, and uh, she's the Bachelorette. So his next four women that aren't Katie and aren't Charity are probably going to be the hottest commodities down in paradise, and rightfully so. We were saying it, I know I was, during Zach's season airing that, my gosh, these women are going to be the stars of paradise. We don't know which of Charity's men are going to be down there, but we know there's going to be a few, and they will be down there before anyone has even seen an episode of Charity season. Hell, they're pretty much going to be done filming Paradise before Charity's first episode even airs. So all the women down there from Zach's season will be meeting these men for the first time. The only thing they'll know is anything that is reported before, you know, roughly June 1st or June 2nd, which is probably the weekend they're going to head down there. So there's so much still to get to. We got a month before Bachelor in Paradise starts filming, but just keep in mind, remember what happened. All I'm going to remind you is just remember what happened last summer during Bachelor in Paradise. TikTok gossip mongers were putting every single rumor out there, and most of them weren't even true. Anyway, um, Bachelor in Paradise, like I said, we're a month away, but as we get closer, I will start filling you in on things that I'm hearing in regards to who's been talking to who. You know, yesterday was May the 4th. And we all know this thing that has started on social media, May the 4th be with you. My question is this, when did it start? Star Wars has been around since the early 80s. I don't ever remember when May the 4th rolled around, people saying May the 4th be with you. I don't remember it in the 80s. I don't remember it in the 90s. I don't even remember it in the early 2000s. It seems like this is like, I don't know, maybe the last six or seven years this became a thing. Or am I just completely forgetting? Because it's not like I haven't been paying attention. I've seen all the Star Wars movies. I'm a fan of the Star Wars movies. It's not like it went over my head and I wasn't recognizing it. When did this start? Because May the 4th, has always been May the 4th. When when did people start saying it as much as they're saying it now, which is May the 4th be with you, on the date of May 4th? Today, obviously, Cinco de Mayo and the re-release of Coming Out for Love. So go check that out at comingoutforlove.com. But Cinco de Mayo, a very fun holiday. I remember, what was it? Gosh, this would have been 1998. No, 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 sorry. This was either 99 or 2000 when I was working for an all-sports station in Los Angeles. There was always a Cinco de Mayo broadcast from what is that Mexican restaurant in Manhattan Beach? Oh, gosh, what is it? Ponchos, right? Yep, just looked it up. Ponchos in Manhattan Beach on Highland Avenue, still there. Uh, throws one of the best Cinco de Mayo parties. So if you're in the Manhattan Beach area, have a margarita on me. How about that? 
I remember we used to have to broadcast there every year on May 5th, and it was always good times. So, ponchos, my hat's off to you. I remember I had to do a broadcast from there one time. Nobody was really paying attention to me. <laughs> it was I was like in the corner broadcasting while everyone else was getting shit-faced. Fun times, though, I tell you. Want to talk about something I brought up yesterday and then just completely blanked? It happens a lot. There will be stuff I say in the open because it's in my notes that I'm looking at, but then I just completely forget to go back to it. And that is the fact that Austin Butler is in the Moo movie Dune 2. I didn't know this until I recently saw it. He plays, hell if I know, don't know the name of the character, but I do know the character is bald. My question is this. Does Austin Butler talk like Elvis in the Dune movie? Because we know that for the longest time, the method acting he did for his Elvis role kind of kept going after they had filmed the movie and he was doing all his post-movie media tour, even at the Golden Globes and at the Oscars. We all went over this. Remember months ago? When I kept saying, why does Austin Butler talk like this? I just want to know if he talks like that in Dune. Has he gotten over this? What is his character? All I know is his character is bald. Florence Pugh is in it. Batista's in it. Zendaya's in it. I didn't see the first one. I have no plans on seeing the second one. But someone who goes and sees Dune whenever it's released, I think it's coming out in the next couple weeks or so, Let me know if he speaks like Elvis in Dune. It probably wouldn't fit because I think Dune takes place, I don't know, 5,000 years ago. Wouldn't make sense for him to talk like Elvis. But I've never heard him speak any other way, so it's kind of hard. Well, I shouldn't say that. When he was on, what was it, Disney or Nickelodeon before he became Austin Butler, the Elvis impersonator, he spoke like a normal human being. And then he turned into Elvis and never shook it. So my guess is, no, he doesn't talk like Elvis in Dune. But I kind of want to know how he talks in the movie. Um, I wanted to mention a couple things about Survivor that I didn't bring up yesterday. The fact that Franny got eliminated in Wednesday's episode... I was reading her exit interview with Dalton Ross on EW.com, and I was reading his recap on EW.com, and I couldn't agree more with him. Dalton's like, can there be any other winner this season other than Jam Jam, Carolyn, or Carson? Like, is Danny really winning this thing? Is Jamie really winning this thing? Is Lauren really winning this thing? No, 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 and no. It's got to be Jam Jam, Carolyn, or Carson. Has to be. And when it was nine people left, I said, I my guess, even though I know nothing, my guess is Carson. I just, I think he's got a good story. Uh, I don't know if Carolyn is going to be around because clearly they're leaving her out of votes or leaving her out of, well, yeah, votes. She they didn't even tell her. They didn't want to fill her in on the whole Franny elimination. But I don't know who's on her side. I don't know if she has the numbers. She might, but... She doesn't seem to be much of a challenge threat. She seems like she's always going to be up for possible elimination at Tribal Council. So, But Carson, anytime a puzzle's involved, he's basically going to win. 
And yeah, Dalton said it. I'm like, I can't agree more. If if Danny, Lauren, Jamie, or Heidi somehow wins this thing, it it, it would make no sense to me. And it would again be another Gabler slash Erica win where it's just like, okay, where did this come from? It's like you purposely made them invisible for the first three quarters of the season just so you could surprise us with a winner. But most people aren't going to be happy. If you look at the Survivor Fact Checker on Instagram and you go to the confessional stats, Jam Jam, Carolyn, and Carson are at 54, 45, and 38 confessionals they've had this season. Everyone else is under 30. Heidi's had 19 confessionals in 10 episodes. Like, do the math. That's 1.9 confessionals an episode. Do we honestly think that she's going to win? Lauren is at 21. Jamie's at 26. Danny's at 29. Not that confessional stats mean they're going to win, but I'm telling you, if Danny, Jamie, Lauren, or Heidi wins this thing, the audience is going to be bothered by that, and it's going to be upset because they just haven't been featured that much. So we'll see how it plays out. There's another thing I wanted to talk about in regards to the challenge well, two things. Number one, I'm still so confused on the alliances. I mentioned that yesterday, actually. But the one thing that I want to bring up yet again, and I don't know anything about him post-show. I don't know about him off other than he was engaged and the engagement broke off uh, with Tory. But yet again, during a season, Jordan talks to some female on the show like he is above them, and he cond- he's got this condescending voice. He talks down to them. He talks like he's better than them. It's like, how many times does this have to happen? Is this who he really is? And I know he chalks it up to, hey, I'm just an ultra competitor. And if someone's not at my level of competitiveness, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to make it known. There's a difference between being an ultra competitor and putting women down. And that's what he seems to be doing. And he does it every freaking season. He's just greats on me. And all I can go off of is what I see on the show. I don't follow him on social media. Maybe he's the greatest human being when he's not on the show, but he flips a switch when he does get on the show, and he treats women like they're beneath him. And it's just getting old because he does it every fucking season. Just did it again in Wednesday's episode. So... I don't know. I hope he doesn't win. I just cheer against him. I just hope he doesn't win. I really don't want him to win this season. Who's his partner? Kaz? Right? It's him and Kaz. She literally walked out of one of their confessionals. She was crying because he made her cry. Made Anissa cry last season when he was basically getting on her case for hurting her ankle due to a suggestion by him to cut through the woods. It just, he's hard to root for. He really is. And finally, you knew I was going to bring this up. I don't have much to add because I know about just as much about this story as you guys do, but Ducks Moy threw it out there that they had sources that told them 
that Taylor Swift, after breaking up with Joe Alwyn, is now dating Matt Healy, the lead singer of the 1975, a group that I'd never even heard of before two days ago. Clearly, I'm sure they're somewhat popular, but I had never heard of them, and I had never heard of Matt Healy, rightfully so, because I didn't know who 1975 was. Do I believe any of this? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't believe the stories that say she's madly in love. I saw that written somewhere like, oh, my gosh, she's having so much fun. She's madly in love with Matt. Shut up. No, she isn't. I'm not saying she can't be at some point if this is even true. I'm just talking about now. They want to suck people in to these stories with these clickbait headlines. And I find it hard to believe after a six-year relationship that, I don't know, in a couple months, she's already madly in love with another dude. I know she could be dating him. They could be seeing each other. They could be taking things slow. But to automatically pinpoint her as, oh, she's madly in love with him. I don't buy it. I don't even know if they're dating. There's probably something to the fact that they've hung out. But in the world of celebrity, dating is a very, very tricky word. It's kind of like with the same with the reality show contestants and the Bachelor world and in Bachelor Nation. If two people are talking or hooking up and hanging out and, you know, even if it's known that they're hooking up, that doesn't mean they're dating because these people like to keep their options open, mostly the guys. So just because someone is hooking up with somebody in Bachelor Nation doesn't mean that that's their girlfriend. I can tell you the amount of times I've heard of the stories I know who's hooked up with who, and yet the guy just pretty much kept doing whatever he was doing and seeing other people at the same time without them knowing. So let's tap the brakes on Taylor Swift and Matt Healy until we literally see them out or hanging out on the beach in Kennebunkport or wherever that is or Martha's Vineyard, wherever she takes her guys. When we see them like spending a weekend together, yes, but... We have no idea yet if this Duxmoy story is even true or the story that came from the son who had a source that told them all about this, which the source, I guarantee, is from Matt's camp, which isn't going to sit well with Taylor. So it might already be over before it started since his camp clearly leaked that story because it wasn't Taylor's. I highly doubt she's leaking this considering how private she is about her personal life. So... I guess time will tell on this. I'm not a fan of it just because I don't even know the guy. So I already don't like him. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review at Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. Again, Coming Out for Love is now re-releasing its first episode today. You can sign up, go to bundles, and in the promo code, type in Reality Steve for 15% off your order. And the Sports Daily will be up in about an hour from now talking about last night's Lakers-Warriors game. Got some more NHL statistics for you in the playoffs and Lakers-Warriors statistics as well. Shohei Otani is at it again. More goodies for you in the Sports Daily today. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you all have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you.